Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, the following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We are ranking third base for Fantasy Baseball. We're also talking Major League Baseball news. We have a signing this week, and we're going to talk some pre-draft strategy as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com, Righteous Felon Jerky, and Seat Geek. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, but I'm not going to do it all by myself. We're bringing on, as we normally do, the senior fantasy writer from BellyUpFantasySports.com, the one and only Kevin Wilson joins us again. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing great, Vince. You know, we've had a great weekend here. It's been in the 70s, it's been sunny, and uh, springtime, and so we've done things that uh, are spring-related. We went to the drive-in last night, Wow! and um, and we, we ate outside, and baseball is actually occurring on TV. That's right. The first games have started on Thursday, so we're pretty, uh, pretty excited over here because we got baseball, we've got sunny skies, so what better could we possibly be yeah i started getting the text this weekend you know of final scores and That's uh, right. different things going on like that which is always fun the crack of the bat uh college baseball of course started uh last week week before but um i did not get a chance to go this weekend but i will be next weekend hopefully two or two or three games next weekend going and watching some college baseball here in richmond kentucky and uh, so looking forward to that as well. But it, it definitely felt like spring. I was down in Tennessee this weekend for a basketball tournament. And Friday, man, we were walking around. It was sunny. It was warm. Uh, everything felt right. Now, this morning when I went outside to my car, it was not so warm. But uh, it's supposed to be a pretty decent week. Actually, I think, Kevin, I'm going golfing this week. Uh, I think the boss is taking us golfing this week. So this is going to be a, a good week overall. Okay, we're so are, are, are the clubs ready? Uh, I have not pulled them out yet. Um, so <laughs> okay. they, well, they're always ready, Kevin. They're always ready. Okay. Um, okay. They're, well, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, we got baseball to talk about today. Fantasy baseball, Major League Baseball. There's news to talk about, finally, um, as yes. well. So we'll get to all that. But we're going to start off today's show with our Fantasy Burner segment. <laughs> Fantasy Burner is presented by SeatGeek. If you're getting tickets to a ball game uh, or to any other event, SeatGeek is the way to go. You go to SeatGeek.com, and if you use the code BellyUpSports at checkout, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. So check it out at SeatGeek.com. 
All right, Kevin. Last week we set our draft order for our uh, league, and uh, so we're starting to plan towards that a little bit. Today we wanted to talk some pre-draft prep because other than listening to our show and other than just pulling up cheat sheets off of ESPN or Yahoo or CBS or wherever it is you pull your cheat sheets from, um, there's other things you can do to get ready for the draft and maybe some things that you haven't thought of. Maybe you're already doing, but you don't realize why you're doing it. Um, and so we want to talk about that briefly here uh, today. And Kevin, I'm going to let you get us started with these mock drafts um, and how you use that tool for your prep for draft time. Well, uh, I I enjoy mock drafts. I think they're fun. So that's number one. And uh, but close second is because you can whatever it is that you use, you know, for your platform. If you use Fantasy Pros, you could set that up for exactly what your league has like ours has middle infielders and you know corner infielders it has a dh and all that you can set that all up you can put in now that we know where we're drafting you put in what position that you're drafting how many teams there are and you hit go and 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 just do it that way uh the only downfall to that is because you're going against a computer but uh, if you do it on ESPN, just know because they revamp their their lineups that don't reflect our particular league. It's only got you know the three outfield and doesn't have any of the extra fluff. But it is against live human beings, and so you could use that for the top of your you know to the middle of the draft. And so you can kind of get a maybe a feeling about what other people are thinking about you know, in the areas where you're drafting, where are they coming from? And so, and you can also do some experimentation. Like last week we talked about, I'm number five. Both of us agree that's a prime spot for a pitcher. But you could go on there in a mock draft and say, okay, well, that happens if I take a hitter here and, and, and see how that plays out. So you can kind of get yourself and see how things are flying because we know on draft day, things are going to not go your way sometimes. There's you know, you you want this guy, he's right there, and the guy before you snipes him. Right. So that, you know, and it is it happens on the mock drafts. It's like they're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. And there's a guy, there's two guys that I could actually want, and they go one, two right before me. Mm. So that kind of gets you to a mindset of what are you gonna what are you gonna pivot to? Mm-hmm. It just gets you a little so that you're not so tingling when the clock's running down gives you an idea of what you might want to think about before draft day. Because if you don't wait, if you wait till draft day, you're going to be frazzled, I think. And that's not the way to approach draft day. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there where it it teaches you and, you know, listen, some people, they do fantasy sports and it's just purely fun for them and whatever. But most people who are in fantasy sports, they want to win. And, uh, and no matter how much you've planned, if you're sitting there on draft day and an unexpected move happens right before your pick and you're sitting there going, wait, what? I didn't, I didn't think they would take that person. And then you're sitting there trying to figure out what am I going to do now? Now I I have the mind where I always have however many picks are in between me and, and my next pick. Um, I make a list of that many players. So I just know when I come to it, I'm taking one of these guys and it just depends on who gets to me. Now, Sometimes, you know, as you get closer to your pick, you start looking at the list a little bit more and thinking, ah, do I really want that guy on my team? You know, those kinds of things. But <laughs> those uh, mock drafts do help you kind of go through the, 
uh, the emotions of a draft a little bit and uh, right. kind of get you. And for what it's worth, a good refresher on how the system works, which button to push so you don't draft the wrong guy, um, how to queue guys up, <laughs> exactly. all, the, all those kinds of things. And, and, and hard to believe, you know, because I've done fantasy baseball for, you know, a few years now. And there's been some times where I went and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and so you want that to be during your mock draft. Right. <laughs> you don't want that to be during your actual draft where you wind up with, you know, two third basemen, let's say. Because right. if you remember, I actually did that last year. Yes, you year. did. Yes, you did. I did. And, and, and because, you know, I'm always, well, I know who I picked. Well, guess what? I kind of forgot. So <laughs> I wound up with two third basemen. So yeah. it wasn't too tragic because they're both quality guys. But uh, there would have been a much better pick there. And so uh, mock drafts can kind of help you get away from doing something like that. And anything that can you, that can help you, that's what you want to, you know, towards your personal way of doing things. And, um, you know, because Fantasy Pros has a lot of a very good fantasy baseball articles and players of sleepers and tiers just like we do and all that. And so that's I, I go to them a lot, not so much ESPN, because like I said, they they've made it so it's pretty much a fantasy all star team fantasy wise. And there's nobody that's round 20. Yeah. Or any of that. So <laughs> the way we do it, you have to actually have some strategy of who you value later in the draft. Right. And so if you if you set up your drafts that way, it'll help you maybe identify somebody that you like later in the draft. Exactly. So I like to reach on guys later in the draft, I, not early in the draft, but you know, once we get really 10 rounds in, I just want guys that I want. So it might, it might not go with the rankings necessarily at that point. I'm going to go out and make sure I land the guys because there's nothing worse than thinking, Oh, no one's going to draft this guy for another three rounds. So I can wait another round. And then he goes. And those mock drafts help you kind of see how's everybody else feeling about the guys that you like. Later in the draft, especially how do how do the how are they liking? I think earlier in the draft, you kind of get this get the feel for pitchers versus hitters. I think as you move on in the draft, the mock drafts, you start to feel a little bit more of who else is in on your sleepers, the guys that you think are are the guys to go get towards the bottom half of the draft. Who else is thinking that way? And then you know, okay, how how much do I need to reach for this guy? Because I've been in drafts where people have drafted a guy, you know, round eight, and you're sitting there going wait, who is that guy? Like, I i don't have this guy on any of my lists, <laughs> you know? And uh, and usually it doesn't work out for that person who drafted that guy. But it gets the names on, on your radar a little bit to see where guys later in the draft are going. You know, I've got a guy right now that, I, you know, my dad says we don't tell him uh, the truth on everything. I've got a guy right now that I'm not going to talk about in our okay. shows until after our draft. And, uh, and it's a guy that I want on my teams, but it's not anywhere near the top. I mean, we're talking late draft, but I want them on all my teams. And uh, so I'm going to wait till we draft, and then I'll share with our listening audience who that is. They'll still have about two weeks, a week and a half or so uh, before the season starts when we do our draft. And, uh, and I'll talk about that guy then. Um, and also that gives me time to change my mind between now and the draft, <laughs> whether or not I actually want them <laughs> on all my teams. But mock drafts help kind of figure out, is, is someone else – do other people feel the way that I feel about somebody um, or is he going, you know, three, four rounds later than I'm thinking about drafting him? Um, is he going, you know, a round or two higher than I'm thinking about drafting him? 
And if I really want them, it gives me an idea of knowing when I need to reach for that guy um, versus not. Um, along with the mock drafts, I think one of the most important pre-draft um, things that you can do that's really doesn't have anything to do with player rankings or anything like that is just knowing your league participants. Um, if right. you're like us, you're in leagues where you don't know everybody. You usually know somebody, but you don't always know everybody. So the first thing that I do is try to figure out who do people cheer for. I go stalk them on Facebook. Um, you know, if we're in a chat, I just pose the question, you know, and just trying to figure out because if you're a good fantasy player, you're not a homer. But at the end of the day, and Kevin, I'll give you credit for this. You are the least homer of anyone I've ever played fantasy sports with. Um, but at the end of the day, it's everybody wants to get one or two guys from their team in most cases. And so even if they're not homer at the top of the draft, they're going to be homer in the middle of the draft, at least for a pick or two. It's not usually a whole bunch of guys. Because I don't think, Kevin, this is a whole other conversation, I don't think you yeah. should have very many guys from the same team. Like, I don't think it's smart to have four batters from the same, same roster. Right, right. Um, and, yeah. And I, I agree with that 100% because if you have too many players off of one team and they have an off day, those players, are all, all of a sudden, now they're not available to you. Yeah. Or, so if now you on, have to... or if they're on the Padres and they're having an off year, um <laughs> correct and so you know and that kind of follows teams you know the chemistry does mean something You're right and we saw that with the padres and their entire organization all of their players none of them except for snell i suppose measured up none of them yeah. and so i think that's the kind of thing where the train starts rolling the wrong direction and well i'm attached so i'm going down with the ship <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I agree with that hundred percent. If you've got too many players on, on one team that can clog up things. And, and you, even though they're in our league, there's no, you know, you can only make so many moves per week, but still you don't want to have to replace three guys in your lineup. Cause what <laughs> right. if they're only, you know, six teams playing. Right. That's right. Say. And so you might yeah. make a move just to get a guy in your lineup, but, then he goes oh for eight and strikes out five times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that that that's a good point right there. All right. So there's just a couple things to get you ready for your draft prep. Uh draft time is approaching quickly. Uh, it is because the next time we go weeks. live, uh events, you know it's March. Yeah, definitely. This is the I last think our draft is show. three weeks from today, I believe, correct? That's right. And and it'll be here before you know it. So do what you need to do to get ready. Because I saw uh, somebody was asking, hey, was it better to not know until draft day where your pick is, which I think that's silly. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're putting way too much pressure on yourself that way. And you, you want to help everybody prepare however best they can or whatever they yeah. want to. And so, like I said, I was doing drafts where I was just joining and, and you know, picking from wherever. Yeah, but now that we know that I'm picking number five, every time I do a mock draft, it's at number five, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, so you definitely, I definitely agree that you should have your draft set as far in advance as you can, just Agreed. so everybody can prep however they feel is best. Yeah, if you're in a league, I'm I've been in a league. I'm not sure if I'm in it this year or not, to be honest with you yet. Uh, but I'm in a, I've been in a league where they <laughs> set it an hour before the draft, 
And so I hate that. I cannot stand that. Yeah. I'm like, well, so, how so are now, you supposed yeah, to strategize? Yeah, your eyes are bugging and, you yeah. know, and, and, and you, you probably don't want to take, you know, a, a blood pressure test <laughs> anytime in that hour yeah, or during the draft. Yeah, get, so, get rid uh, of your league that, manager that's not the way to go. if that's how you're doing things. All right. right, that's that's our Fantasy Burners segment for today. Again, presented by SeatGeek, SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code BELLYUPSPORTS uh, when you check out. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. It's time for segment number two, the call to the pin. Our call to the pin is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. It is time to join the flavor revolution, and you can do it at RighteousFelon.com. If you use the code STOVE15, that's S-T-O-V-E-1-5, you're going to get 15% off every single purchase that you make. Um, so make sure you type in that code and try you some jerky. I personally love uh, the bootleg and barbecue. That's my favorite flavor. Uh, the Soul Survivor comes in number two. That's the one right over, oh, not that shoulder, right over this shoulder right here. <laughs> um, and there's there's a lot of flavors um, there and you're going to love, uh, almost every single one of them. I like all but one. I have never said which one I don't like, but I, I like all but one flavor. And I think there's nine flavors to choose from. So, um, check out righteousfelon.com. Use the code stove 15 and, uh, get you some beef jerky. All right. We got some news in major league baseball. Not only has spring training started, not only has my man Contreras, uh, already homered in his first at bat in spring training for Milwaukee. Uh, but Cody Bellinger has signed a contract and he's returning to the Cubs, which is exactly what we said he was going to do. <laughs> but three years, 80 million. What was the point of waiting this long? There, there was no point in waiting this long. The only because he must have broken free a little bit from, from the Scott Boris mentality, because essentially what he's done is he has three one year deals. And so if he's the Cody Bellinger from last year, he can opt out and then try it again. If he's the Cody Bellinger of the later Dodger years, then the Cubs are stuck with him for three years. Yeah. But he can also opt out after the second year. So on his part, I think this is a solid move mm. that, um, you know, there's really no downside for him because, you know, he goes and stinks up the joint. He's got three years on his deal. If he goes out and hits 35 homers and 108 RBIs or whatever it is, then he can opt out right again next year and then sign a multi-year deal after that. So I think this makes sense for him. And uh, it just makes me wonder, the other Scott Boris clients, are they going to follow suit? Are they going to continue to sit out? Because they're, you know, the, the Boris four is what they call it. And three of them are still out there. Yeah, And uh, there's been no movement that I've seen at all, except for, well, J.D. Martinez, I don't think you can call him one of the four. He yeah. turned down a contract from the Giants of one year. That. Yeah. And so I think that's Boris right there in full effect on that deal. Yeah, and Snell turned down an offer from the Yankees earlier in the year also. Um, and I don't think Snell's going to get a better offer than the one the Yankees no. offered him personally. I could be wrong, of course. Um, and then Chapman, I mean, he hasn't had a sniff. It doesn't seem like, <laughs> and, uh, a little bit. Yeah. 
And so, you know, if I'm a, a team, and he was connected to the Giants as well there for a while, and um, his bat does not put him into a, the club to me to warrant some long-term deal. Right. And so he I'd needs love him to on a... wake up and smell what's swirling out there because he, he is not Jose Ramirez, okay? No. He's not that. He never has been. Chapman is a one-year, eight to twelve million, depending on the club, kind of guy. Give him a one-year deal to see if he can kind of bounce back a bit, and uh, and then from there you can go to a three-year deal or something like that. But I don't, I don't know. I would be shocked if Chapman gets more than a one-year deal going into this year. Yeah, I would be too. And you know, in, in fantasy at least now with Bellinger in the fold. We've already talked about our first baseman, but you can slot him in now wherever in your draft where you think he should be you know, slotted because you know he's going to be there on opening day. And so right. and outfield and first base increases his value. And uh, now that he's got a one-year deal, essentially, even though it's three years, he might he's coming up on my draft board from when we talked about first baseman earlier a couple weeks ago. Because he's got every emphasis to go out and do what he did a year ago. How much more? I mean, I already had him up higher than you had him, anyhow. Um, how much more are you putting? And he's still outfield eligible, by the way. Um, that's right. And that's what well. really increases his value because I like guys that play more than one, you know, position. And um, I don't, I don't have the tiers on the first base right here in front of me, but uh, I would say I would move him probably up. It's at least tier three, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where I had him at, actually. Um, yeah, I, I had him nowhere near tier three. And ESPN so, has him projected behind uh, Paredes, Naylor, Cassis, Yandy uh, Diaz. That's gotta, that's, he's got a. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? They need to adjust that immediately. Yeah, I'd put him. I'd even put him above Goldschmidt, honestly. Um, I'd put them in that Harper Walker range is kind of where I think I'd have them sitting at. Okay. I would agree with that because that multi-position eligibility moves him up to me. And so tier three is where, you know, I, I just hope that the Vince's, you know, cursings of the Cubs doesn't come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I go ahead and I take him and then, you know, tragedy ensues. Yeah. If, if I have Bellinger on my team, uh, I'm looking to trade him about uh, the end of May because okay. when the curse comes down, uh, when the ACL gets torn, I don't want him on my roster. So uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to draft Bellinger, but he's trade bait for me from the moment I draft him, uh, trying to, to, to rack up something good. One of these young guys that's getting maybe two young guys, you know, that are waiting to see what happens. I don't know. Right. Especially um, yeah. when he comes out of the gate hot. Right. Right, and and, yep. and and April and May and you know June first comes around and he's already have let's say fifteen homers or something like that. Yeah, you might want to think about that. Yeah, you, you do not tempt the baseball gods. Um, all right, um, Any, uh, I saw it today as well, um, or maybe it was yesterday. Alec Bregman, um, he's final year of his contract with the signing of Altuve puts Houston in a predicament that there's a good chance they won't be able to re-sign Bregman. Uh, for next year, 
what kind of year? I mean, I know we're getting ready to get into tears here in a minute with third baseman, but I sit there and look at Bregman and look at his history. Um, it seems like that was a, a mistake for Houston. I like Altuve, and I think probably you know clubhouse guy. He's he's solid, but Bregman's uh, age compared to Altuve, yeah, yeah, his stats yeah, compared to Altuve. I mean, he seems like that's the kind of guy you want to lock up early and and, and quick. Well, I'm kind of glad that they left him, you know, at one year because he's got every emphasis now to go out and and, and, and put out. together. <laughs> Not that he's ever, you know, really slumped or anything like right. that. But uh, so, yeah, like you said, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, I like I initially wasn't sure what I felt about him. But when I was looking at it, I do like where he's coming from. I like what he's going to possibly do this year. So go ahead and leave him on the one-year deal and um, let him go out and just do some matches. Yeah, we like guys. This is another kind of going back to the fantasy draft prep aspect. Find out who's on a contract year. Um, Juan Soto's on a contract year. That's right. Um, He's going to hit 40 homers. I like Bregman's okay. on a contract year. You could year. say, okay, because it's, what, 726 right now. Kevin said 40 <laughs> home runs for Soto this year. Put it down. 225. At okay. seven, okay. well, that's the the date. You got to get that in there. February twenty fifth at right. uh, seven twenty five right. local time for Kevin. That's uh, right. There you go. Forty home runs for Soto. Forty home runs um, for Soto. And take, so, yeah. Take so. Twitter real quick and make sure he didn't just blow out something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, by the I way, he actually hit his first free home run. He did. It's so third, um, third at bat. So things yeah. are looking good there. And uh, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani will make his Cactus debut. League debut on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. And so we'll get our first view of him in a Dodger uniform. You know what I uh, didn't? You know, nationally, we'll, we'll get to see that. But uh, for what I haven't heard, done. He's swinging a good bat so far in spring. So. What I haven't done is, is went and looked up all the uh, prospects. I know Jackson Cheerio in game number one. Two hits, um, some, yes, good, right. some good things that. that happen. I haven't looked up the other guys, um, but again, you got to keep an eye on that kind of stuff here. Not not the first couple of days of spring training necessarily, but as it continues to go on, keep an eye on those prospects that are going to get the call up this year. Some might get them earlier now as a result of how they're doing here in spring training. Um, we've seen that the last couple of years. We've seen that where guys, the clubs are more willing to bring up these young guys. We saw it. Um, Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, we saw it in Cincinnati. We've seen it, um, uh, Baltimore, all those kinds of things. So keep an eye on, on those things as well. Um, and, uh, like I said, you don't have to take too much from these first couple of days, but once we get a, a couple of weeks in now, you can kind of see, okay, where are we headed with some of these guys? Right. And, uh, one of the other news that came out this week was that, uh, Cody Senga will not be ready for opening day. Yeah. So. How does that affect him in a draft status? If you do a mock draft, you can see where others now think he may, or if anybody's paying attention, if they're taking him way too early, that could benefit you because, you know, sure. I'm not taking a pitcher that's not ready for opening day. I'm not doing that, especially someone that's as high, you know, third round. I was going to say, yeah, top, was, top seven rounds. I don't want a guy that's not going to be there for me at the beginning. Unless it's, no, a, so, you know, one of those Mike Trout. I mean, you, I know you're not as big on Trout as I am. We'll talk about him on outfielders. But, right. um, so, you but know, one of those superstars. That, 
that you mentioned Mike Trout because he hasn't come off the board at any mock draft that I've done before the 11th round. The 11th round? 11th round. Oh, my goodness. Right. And in a 10-man draft. Oh. He's gone off in the 12th round somewhere, and there's no downside to me whatsoever. And if if that's the way people are reacting to him, there's no reason to to, to jump and take him maybe in the eighth round or something like that. Because he's hanging around in every single draft I've done. People. And so if he's there in the 11th round, even if I've got six outfielders already, he, you've got to take a chance on Mike Trout at that point. He is We'll not. talk about that more later, obviously. But uh, yeah, Kevin. that's one of the things in the mock drafts that I have seen that interests me greatly. I promise you, Kevin, he will not be there round 11. Um, okay. I will not. Okay. I will not allow Trout to go to round eleven. Okay. Now, see now, now us talking about that because if I hadn't mentioned that, I know, would have found out eventually. Uh, okay, but, but not. But, um, yeah, that so, blows my mind, though, Kevin. It, it does me too. It goes to show how far he has fallen. Yeah. Off the, uh, you know, because you know what? Is, he's hey, still answer on the me hook this. For what is it? Eight more years or something crazy? Yeah. Whatever. How many years that is? And, and answer, um, answer this. Okay. If Shohei Otani was still on the Angels, it would have very little impact on Trout's game and on his stats, um, in my opinion. But wouldn't he be going higher just because Shohei was on the team? That's right. You got Shohei hitting either before or after you, which I believe he was before in the Wait, Angels. But I'm saying up. not even as a result of that. I'm saying just having the attention of Shohei Otani on the team Right. Makes people lean more towards the team. Now Shohei's Absolutely. gone. People forget that Mike Trout's still there. And He's so they're in their draft. So, yeah, so and they're sitting there drafting draft? these guys. And as they're going, Taylor and then Ward, all of a sudden on their list, no, Mike Trout kidding. pops up. And when Mike Trout pops up, they're like, oh, yeah, Mike Trout. He's still around. Hey, that's interesting. And they kind of push him off another round or two. And then finally they're like, well, I guess I might as well take Mike Trout. Because he's here right. and, and either and him or you can do Papia. that later. Like, you know, and, and let's say he, you know, because you know he's gonna get hurt. We know this. It's happened in the last what three or four years now. But if you take him later in the draft like that, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad as if you took him in the first five rounds or three rounds, or even in the first round, like you've been doing, you know, a couple of years ago. Okay. So you've given us a prediction on uh, Juan Soto's home runs for the year with 40. I'm right. doing some quick research here. Mike Trout has played uh, last year 82 games, in 22, 119 games, in 21, 36 games, in 20, 53 games. The most that he's ever played was back in 2016, 159 games. So here you go. Six minutes, seven minutes after Kevin's 40 home run prediction for Juan Soto. I am here to tell you Mike Trout is going to play 150 games this year for the Angels. And he is going to be a top 15 fantasy outfielder for this year. Now, I say all that to say, if, if everyone else is valuing him in the 11th round, don't draft him in the third round. Um, the value comes to me round seven and eight is where you're looking at Mike Trout. Depending on how your draft is gone and what positions you fill, you can't ignore major needs um, at seven and eight, round seven and eight. Um, but I believe Trout is going to have a Yelich-type year that Yelich had last year where it's not going to be number one like he used to be, but it is going to be incredibly relevant to fantasy baseball. 
and the team's going to stink. The Angels are going to be horrible. But yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't matter for fantasy baseball as much. Um, so I there you go. I think Mike Trout's a top fifteen fantasy outfielder this year, and he plays one hundred and fifty games. Okay, I'm going to stop way short of one hundred and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> if he does one hundred and thirty, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Well, so, Kevin, I hate to bring this up, but you also stopped short of the championship. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, at some point, Vince, I got to take that bullet out of your chamber. No, well, until until I until I have to, you know, it's it's there, it's there until it's gone. So um, I know I'm tempting the fantasy gods now, so I better be careful with that. All right, that's the Major League Baseball news. Let's get to some player rankings. That's our call to the pin. Presented by Righteous Felon Jerky, RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase, every purchase that you make. Uh, let's go now to our final segment of the show. We call this one our Fantasy Focus. Fantasy Focus is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. Your one-stop shop for all things fantasy sports. Uh, you need articles and advice on fantasy football, fantasy hockey, fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, all of Kevin Wilson's articles. And even though he fell short of the championship the last two years, he was right there, number one team in the regular season and right there till the end uh, as well. And well worth your reading uh, there. So go to bellyupfantasysports.com and check out all those articles there as well. All right. Well, today we are ranking third base. And I'm excited about this one, Kevin. Because when I was doing my tiers here, I've got three guys in each of my top four tiers. Um, and I would be happy to have, you know, two of any of these guys in my tiers. Like, I like these top 12, uh, top, yeah, top 12 guys as third baseman. I like some way more than others, of course. But if I had, you know, one of my top, you know, top two tier guys and one of my tier three or tier four guys, I feel pretty happy coming out of a draft that way. And I'm interested to see kind of where you go. I also got some fun stuff for our value picks and, um, and, and overrated players as well. But let's start things off with tier one, because although I'm sure we both have Jose Ramirez at the top, I'm curious to see if you've got anybody else joining him in tier one. I do not. Okay. Jose Ramirez is at the top in his own tier. He's the only third baseman that I rate as being uh, a first-round draft pick. Interesting. And uh, even though he, uh, you know, he he didn't have a great year last year, right? But even when he doesn't have a great year, he still winds up hitting 24 homers, 80 RBIs. He had 87 runs. He had 28 stolen bases. And uh, he's one. That's one of the aspects of third that he gives that these other guys to follow do not. He steals bases, and so. Um, you know, he, he only had a 285 batting average balls in play. That's way below what I think he's capable of doing. That was one of the, you know, you could say, well, he wasn't lucky last year. So I think that springs forward. So I'm thinking that, and he's only 31. I think he's he's going to put together a 30 homer, close to 100 RBIs year, 30-30 with steals and home runs. And so he is alone at the top of this list as far as I'm concerned. He is uh, ADP at 9.4 right now, um, by far the highest ADP of any third baseman. The next guy is at 22. 
um, and he's being overdrafted. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but um, I've got three guys in tier one, Kev. I do believe Jose Ramirez is number one. I think he's the top, uh, the top guy. There's no question about that. But I believe that Austin Riley and Alec Bregman um, belong in the conversation as if you get one of those three guys, although I'd rather have Ramirez over the other two, I think if you have one of those three guys, you're sitting on top of the third base stack. Last year, Bregman only scored four less fantasy points than Ramirez. He's projected to be lower than that, but again, coming off onto a, a contract year and all that kind of stuff, um, I think it'll be a lot closer than what ESPN is predicting right now. Um, average draft position right now for Bregman's 39, almost 40. Riley's at 33, so they're getting valued a lot less, um, obviously, than Ramirez, but even less than Rafael Devers on ESPN right now, which is blowing my mind because I would love to have Riley and Bregman over Devers. Uh, so that being said, I put them <laughs> both up there. I think um, Ramirez is the clear-cut one, and then I think Riley and Bregman are right behind them. I went ahead and put them in Tier 1. Um, as opposed to putting Ramirez alone, um, because I think Bregman and Riley are second-round draft picks. And uh, and so I put them right up there with Ramirez. All right, so that falls right in, because I've got three guys in my Tier 2, and that's Riley, Devers, and Bregman. And so, um, uh, you know, when you look at ESPN, Bregman, they've got him ranked as number three overall at third base. Yeah. So... If you're in an ESPN league and you want Bregman, you're going to have to jump high to get him. And um, when you look at uh, some of these other guys, um, um, they've got Austin Riley. It's the fourth ranked third baseman. I got on at number two and uh, just you know, hitting in that Braves lineup. He, he plays every day. He's only 26, 37 home runs, 117 runs scored. What more could you? Although his 324 batting average of balls in play, you figure that's going to come down. That's probably unsustainable for him. But uh, And uh, he's got that 24% strikeout rate, which you'd like to see a little bit lower. But uh, but overall, I like him. Number three, I've got Rafael Devers at number four. And so um, when all these guys play every day, but uh, 33 homers, 100 RBIs, he's a solid player. Bregman. Like I said, in ESPN, he's not really the value here. I'd rather wait a little bit, maybe get me an Austin Riley after maybe the second round. But uh, Devers, not in a bad fallback position either. But uh, but Bregman, he's going to put together a great year, as we just talked about. Even though it was a down year for him, he still had 25 homers, 98 RBIs. He played 161 games, 155 the year before that. So he's in the lineup every day. And so there's really no wrong answer here to me and any of these guys. And so um, I'd be happy with any of them. So Devers, according to ESPN, Devers is going 11 picks higher than Riley, and he's going 17 picks higher than Bregman. People are right. drafting I'm Devers over Bregman. Now, ESPN ranks Bregman higher, but people are drafting. Is it just Red Sox right. fans drafting right early? What's, what's going on? They, I, I don't get it either because they've got him ranked uh, at number 16 overall, ESPN does, 16 yeah. overall. And uh, they've got Riley ranked 38th overall. That's <laughs> insanity to me. That's where I'm saying the uh, the, 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 the value is going to come in. 
and uh, you could take somebody else up there in that second round if you you know don't do you know Ramirez or whatever, but you can get him. Uh, you know, I'm not doing that in the second round. I'm not doing it, and um, oh. and I like Riley better anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I get him in the fourth or even in the third, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Um, so in my tier two, I have Devers there. Um, and I've got two young guys with them in tier two. Uh, and I'm curious to see where you have these guys. I've got Spencer Steer up here in tier two. Now, Steer has first base and outfield eligibility along with this. I had Steer in my fourth tier in first baseman, um, but he's in tier two for third baseman. I like his value as well. We'll talk about that. His ADP right now is 144. Um, that's wild to me. Gone uh, up from because I have a 150. Okay. So I, that's just wild to me, especially with that much um, eligibility there as well. And I also have Gunnar Henderson here um, in tier number two. Now, first of all, okay. I got to say this I really like Gunnar Henderson. He was on my team last year, he was up and down, he had good moments. And he had down moments as a rookie and all that kind of stuff. You give me eligibility at third base and shortstop. You give me another year, another year older, another year proven, another year there on a really good lineup. I really, I'm super high on Gunnar Henderson this year. Uh, so I put Steer, Devers, and Henderson in my tier two. But I've got Devers as my number five running back behind our running back, third baseman <laughs> behind behind Spencer Steer. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't go uh, completely off the reservation quite like that, but because uh, in my tier three, I've got two guys. One is a guy I think we're forgetting all about, and that's Nolan Arenado of of the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, he's a uh, you know he's a guy that uh, he fell back a little bit, but still hit not twenty six homers. Right. All right. And um, played 144 games. That's the fewest games he has played in a full healthy season since 2014. So I'm not putting any stock in that. He'll get back up to the 156 game play uh, ratio. And uh, he doesn't strike out much. And so um, I like him in this tier. And um, he comes in uh, when I was doing my research, he comes in at number 75. So there to me is value. Um, I'm high on Gunnar Henderson as well. I've got him in this tier. You talked about ups and downs, but he was still eighth in the AL MVP uh, uh, rating last year. And so um, the only issue is, is they, uh, uh, Fantasy Pros has him at number 32 overall. ESPN has him at number 42 from when I was doing my research. And so, um, and they're, they're, he's got an oblique and uh, he's, going to miss about a week of spring games and we'll see where he stands he should be fine by you know when it, when it rolls around the draft day and if he is then that shortstop and third base he might spring forth above Nolan Arenado with that alone but uh, at the present moment I've got him ranked behind Arenado yeah I um with his age I don't I'm not too concerned about the injury situation with the oblique um, if he was Nolan Arenado with the oblique, I'd be yeah. a little bit more concerned. Um, that being said, in my tier three, I've got Arenado there also. Um, I also have, and I was I was assuming you wouldn't have this guy this high because I know that you've been poisoned 
Uh, Manny Machado. I got him here okay. at and the tier okay. number three as well. I'm ready to and talk about Isaac, him Yeah, and Isaac Paredes as well from Tampa yeah. Bay, who also has first base eligibility. Um, and uh, I like Paredes. He's a guy that I've had. He was a waiver wire wi- waiver wire pickup for me a couple of years ago, and really produced nicely as that as a waiver wire guy. Now he's actually draftable, and uh, and having that eligibility at first base helps, of course, as well. Um, but his stats have put him in this spot for me. Let me talk real quick. Let me give you my thoughts on Machado, and then we'll let you okay. have your thoughts. Um, first of all, we've said it every time we've done tears. The Padres cannot be as bad as they were last year. Surely they're now. Listen, Machado's numbers last year actually ended up decent. Um, he had right. he had a, still had a bunch of home runs. I think it was what thirty eight or something like that home no, runs. He had, no, he had thirty homers. He had ninety one RBIs. All right, and so uh, but where, where he started? Yes, he was, got drafted first round. Well, he and, got drafted by me in the second round. Second round, okay. I, I, right, and I was very excited because I thought, okay. I'm going to take him because I had a player in mind that I was going to get later in the draft, but I didn't. Was he your second, <laughs> third baseman or your first, third baseman? No, he was my first, third baseman. Okay. He's the one that I forgot about when Austin yeah. Riley came around yeah. later. But uh, as I thought, wow, with Soto in that lineup, he's going to have a great year. But then remember last year, he was more concerned about arguing about the rules. Yeah. Than he was playing well, baseball. Let me say this. Last year I passed on Riley because you had Machado and I thought I'll get him when he comes back around. And then you drafted him and you're like, I'm gonna take a third baseman here. And I'm sitting there going, You've already got a third baseman. And we just kind of kept going. And then all of a sudden you're like a round later, you're like, Oh, I guess I have two third basemen. <laughs> but that being said, Machado, he did have decent stats last year. Um, not where he was drafted, but still decent stats. I expect him to have a better year this year or at least be back where he was. And if he's valued better this year, which I think he is, um, his ADP is in the, I've got him sitting at 59, which, um, you know, I, I think in that 60s range is kind of where I'm looking at. Okay. Um, but, you know, Machado to me is a, is a guy that you look at um, that some people will be sour on. And I like that. That means he drops a little bit. You can get some good value on him. And I think he belongs there with Arenado in tier in my tier three. Well, you know, because I've got him at the top. I one of those. I held my nose. Okay, once again. <laughs> but uh, I agree with you 100 percent because he only played 138 games, but the season's 150, 153 games. And so, uh, even though he was he only had 109 strikeouts. Uh, when you look at this, 268 batting average, balls in play. He has a 295 career batting average, so that's going to have to come up, you figure. And so when you look at all this, and he was the number two MVP, if you'll remember, in 2022. So it wasn't like he was, you know, eight years ago, he was good. and uh, But just a couple years removed from being great. And so uh, I did a mock draft, I believe, yesterday where, there he was sitting there, and I went ahead and took him, but it was later in the draft, so I was I was like, okay, Manny, don't do it to me again. All right, so, but uh, he was at the top of my uh, tier four, and I got Royce Lewis of Minnesota in this tier, and you you mentioned Paredes. I've got him in this tier. First and third, he's, you know, that, that, that moves him up above the tier below him. And, um, you know, there's no chance you're getting him off any waiver wires this year. 
No. And because uh, he's top ten in ESPN at third, I think that's a little rich. And I'm not taking him at that level. I think there are third baseman you can get later that will have as much value as that. But um, he's 19th in fantasy pros. I think that's a little more level with what we're looking for him. Not 10. I'm not. I'm not right. doing that. Right. And so, um, but yeah, everything is that. 31 homers in Tampa, 98 RBIs. He scored runs, and so everything that you like about you know, could possibly like about him. I like, and uh, it just seems like, you know, if, if he slides a little bit in the draft, maybe I could see pulling the trigger on him, but I see him going way earlier than I would be comfortable taking. So my tier four, which is kind of lining up with your tier five to a degree, um, as far as, uh, you know, I've got, you've got only one guy in tier one. I had three guys. So all my tiers kind of dropped down in your level, but I've got Royce Lewis there in my tier four, which you do as well. Uh, I also put ha- Hassan Kim in this in this group. Uh, we talked about him with second base. He's second base and shortstop eligible as well. Um, so I like, again, that versatility. I got Max Muncy sitting here in this tier four where he, again, okay. didn't have the have year. Discussions here. Okay. Yeah, he didn't have the year that, that was expected of him. But at the end of the year, if you look at Muncy's numbers, you go, you know what? He's still draftable in, in that case um, as well. Uh, so I've got him there. Um, as well in that same same grouping. But I like Lewis better than I like Hassan Kim, better than I like Max Muncy for sure. Max Muncy's a guy that I put in the tier because of his stats. I would be shocked if Max Muncy's on any of my rosters. I would be as well. And uh, he's in a tier that I'm going to talk about in, towards the end here. But uh, yeah, Do but you have a tier five? I do have a tier five. Okay. And that's what where Spencer tier, Steer comes in. Okay. And then... I've got Alec Baum of Philadelphia Phillies in this tier. And, um, you know, first third base is qualified as well. And uh, hitting in that uh, Phillies lineup. And he's a young guy, but he still hit 20 homers, 97 RBIs. And um, so he struck out 15% of the time. That's what you're looking for out of a guy that can hit home runs. He's not striking out at 28.9% or any of that other stuff. And so, um, um, I put him here. Uh, ESPN agrees with me. They've got him ranked at 11th. So, um, which I was really surprised about when I was sat down. I was like, well, Alec Boehm, okay, I could see that. <laughs> and so, and we talked about Steer already, that el- eligibility. And a lot of people, you know, because I put that out on our first base, you know, tiers level. And they're like, I like him over Spencer's, this other guy. Oh, great for you. Yeah. Okay. That that eligibility brings him way above where he probably should be ranked because he can be in your lineup anywhere you need him every single day. So I've got a tier five also, Kev, and I got Alec Baum in there too. I think everything you said is fair. What I did for my tier five was if I don't get any of my top three tier guys, then I'm probably going to pass on Lewis. I'm probably going to pass on Kim, although – Kim's hard to pass just because he's got so much positional eligibility. Probably going to pass on Muncie. So if I put Bomb here, and then I got another name for you that you don't think of when you think of third base, but he's third base eligible in ESPN, and it's Ellie De La Cruz from Cincinnati. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about him as well. Okay, so he's also shortstop eligible. Um, you know, he had the he was the sexy name last year of the prospects. 
right? Ultimately, when he came up and played, he is incredibly entertaining. I, doesn't I matter got for him fans off the waiver wire last year, so yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so so I got him in this tier as well with Bomb. I actually like De La Cruz and Bomb better than I like my tier four, but the 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 stats don't put them above those guys. So I put them in tier five as guys I wanted to make sure I mentioned that I would be happy with having on my team, especially at the value where they're currently sitting at. Um, and so I felt like it was important to mention those guys as well. Okay, so I had to turn my notes over, and I've got Hassan Kim in this tier as well. Okay. But uh, ESPN and Fantasy Pros have him ranked at 8th and ninth at third base. Ooh. And so I think that's going to come off the board way earlier than I'll be willing to, to draft him. Yeah. I would really, if, it, if he came off the board a little bit later, I would be willing to, to, to of course, one draft I did that, and I wound up with two Padres on my team. Machado, <laughs> if you can believe it, and then Kim yeah. were yeah. both on my team. And I'm like, is that something I really want to do? But Kim, <laughs> you know, when you look at Kim, you can't really argue. Yeah. He, he, he did everything. Yeah. Plus, he goes everywhere. And so uh, I, I really liked what he does. But, uh, you know, if he's going to come off the board as number eight third baseman, then I'm going to take somebody that's going to, I think, is going to have more value a little bit later. Yeah, I agree. All right, speaking of value, let's get there. Um, okay. Value I mean, picks this year. Uh, who okay, who do you picks. like at third base? So uh, I was really, really stunned about this guy because I got Key Brian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates here as a value because in ESPN, they have him ranked as the 208th overall player. Yeah. Okay, at third base. And um, yeah, he's a guy that, uh, you know, the Pirates can't be. Well, I guess they could be at that. But I <laughs> think he's going to be way higher than 208. No, he's nobody's starting third baseman. Let me make sure I, I'm clear. He should on not be. Yes. Should not be. Okay, don't wait till the 20th round to draft your third baseman. Okay, but he's a guy that uh, you. You know, in our leagues, we've got the uh, middle infielder and we've got the corner infielder. So he's a guy that you could take and would have value this late in the draft. I really like him a lot. And another player that I was really surprised about is Eugenio Suarez went to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And even though yeah. he strikes out 6,000 times a year. <laughs> but yeah. here's a guy, right? He hits 20 homers every year. He yeah. drives in 90 runs every year. He plays in Arizona, which I think I like that a lot. And um, they've got him ranked, let me see, da, 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 as 248th overall. So there's value to be found here. Maybe not so much in points leagues. You've got to be eyes open because his strikeout rate was unbelievable because he struck out 214 times. If you can, but he, you can live with that if you walk 70 times and you can get 28 home runs at number 200 and whatever it was I said, 200 and where was it? 248. I like that. And so uh, I've got him in my, those two guys in my value. That's, that's, I think those are good picks. Suarez, um, he concerns me uh, a little bit with his age. I mean, he's only 32, which isn't horrible for a third baseman. Um, but he was still producing even last year with 22 dingers, uh, 96 RBI, which is really good for him. Um, 
but they've got him slotted in. Sixty-two games. Yeah, and they've got him slotted in as the everyday third baseman in Arizona, uh, batting sixth in the lineup uh, as well. So I mean, that's not a bad spot for him, and um, you know we'll see see how it works out for him in Arizona. He should be good there. Um, it should be a really good team. And uh, there's really not anybody there that's going to challenge him for playing time. And even if they challenge him at third base, he could still DH because um, him and Jock Peterson might go back and forth a little bit or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting pick. I admit that I'm kind of low on Suarez, but the, you've kind of talked me into him a little bit as, as well. So um <laughs> So my value picks, we've already talked about. I think Machado is being is a little low um, right now. I think that you might be able to find some value with him in the fifth round, depending on how your draft goes. Spencer Steer, I'm so high on this kid. He's he's Me going to 144 overall right now um, in in average drafts. So I mean, yep. um, 150 shoot. is what I have, but yeah, right around in that area. Yeah, I'll take he answers the bell that. in so many different places. Yeah, and he's again. He's got positional eligibility in a lot of places, too. Here's the name I'm going to give you. When I first say it, you're going to say, no stinking way. But you got to hear me out all the way through, okay? Um, okay. Jake Berger. Uh, he's in Miami. Okay, I was, okay. I'm, I'm with you. Okay, Go good. So um, last year, he went 34 home runs and 80 RBIs. He also, though, had some struggles. Now, he started in Chicago for the White Sox. Gets well, traded to Miami. While he was in Chicago, Chicago, he batted 214 with 102 strikeouts. After he got traded to Miami, he went and batted 303 with only 47 strikeouts. Now, there was more plate appearances in Chicago than Miami, but that's a massive change and upgrade for him. Now, his power went down because the White Sox have a better hitting park than Miami does. Uh, he didn't hit as many home runs in Miami, but his batting average went up drastically um, and his strikeouts went down drastically. And and his ADP right now is 249. So this is a guy that you're looking, if you don't have that other second corner infielder and you're getting around to the end of the draft, this is a guy that I think you take a shot on and see what he does this year. And he might be a guy that ends up playing some some decent fantasy ball for you this year. Okay, uh, I was looking at that name, and so uh, I'm right there with you on him. Uh, a couple players in my cautious streak, because you mentioned them both already, and that's Max Muncy is in my cautious. Not saying don't draft them. Sure. But even though he, the other thing you mentioned, he only hit 212 last year. Mm-hmm. He only had 102 hits in a whole season. That's almost impossible to do. <laughs> but he uh, he pulled that off, 153 strikeouts, 85 walks, and uh, he is hitting in the Dodger lineup. But um, you know, 221 batted average ball is in play. You know he he thing he hits the ball, and great things don't always happen. Sure. And uh, at number they've got him ranked right around what you were saying, 13, 14th at third base. I think some of these other guys that we just talked about and be a better value at that point in the draft than taking Max Muncy, who if you're thinking he's going to hit, because he hit 36 homers a year ago, I think that's, you 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 know, you, I think you're dreaming a little bit if you think he's going to do that again, and he's almost 34, and so he's a caution for me at that spot, and then I've got the, the man, 
Okay, Ellie Dela Cruz. Okay, I'm cautious of. I'm not saying don't draft them. I'm not sure. saying that at all. However, don't ESPN reach for him. <laughs> and fantasy pro, fantasy pros has him ranked fifth overall at third base, and and ESPN has him ranked eighth. And so he's the guy. You know, he did everything. He steals bases and all that. 144 strikeouts and just 98 games. That sours me. Like I, I had him, and you know he'll do something great. He's, you know, he he stole bases and hit a home run the same game, and the next game he struck out four times. Yeah. So if you're gonna take him, you better be prepared for the highs and lows. He is third base and shortstop qualified, so that brings him up just a little bit. But that that top ten at third base, I'm not. If it was shortstop, maybe I could buy it a little bit more. But at third, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Yeah, and we'll talk about shortstops next week, um, right. and I'm sure he'll come up in that conversation again as well. You can be real clear um, about that. My cautious, I've only got one guy in this category, and that's Rafael Devers. I'm, I'm just not in on him. His ADP's at 22. He's, he's being drafted over Riley okay. and over Bregman. That to me, that's just so stupid. And um, so, uh, if you're a Red Sox fan and that's what you want to do, by all means, go for it. But it's not the wise fantasy move. Devers should be at at top your fourth third baseman. Um, and and he I think he could even drop as low as your fifth and sixth third baseman. I just I'm not in on Boston. Um, they've made a couple little moves here and there. They're still gonna be towards the bottom of their division more than likely. I think they'll be better than Tampa this year, but um, I don't know. I don't trust Raphael Devers, and I don't think the lineup. And Boston's that great um, either. So for me, that's a guy I look at and go, I just I can't draft Devers where other people are going to draft him at. And so I'd I'd just be weary of taking them taking them early in this draft. Okay, because I'm a I'm a little higher on him than than you are, and so uh, so uh, cautious, be cautious. But um, he's a player that's delivered. So I I might be you could talk me into because I like Riley way better. Yeah, as you mentioned, and so and I like him as a value over Devers as well. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm there with you on that, and that leads us the last but not least into the uh, the thumbs down tier. <laughs> do not draft. Do not draft. Do not. Do not. Do not. And the guy that's leading the league is DJ LeMahieu of the New York Yankees. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I hope that our uh, New York, you know, fandom. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe hopefully he's not watching this. So uh, you go ahead and take him at the number three spot. All right. But um, he's not even ranked on ESPN, not even ranked overall. Yeah. So, you know, so forget that. Forget it. And um, he's 35. You might as well be 45. (laughs) And uh, I I want nothing to do with that. 136 games. That's about what you're going to get out of him. No more. And uh, maybe less, okay? And my last guy is the one that we mentioned earlier when we are talking about the Scott Boris four. Matt Chapman is in on this league, on this list. And um, I want nothing to do with him whatsoever. If you're defensively, uh, you know, fantasy leagues has, you know, has a defensive aspect, I guess you could talk about that. I don't know any that do do that. But I don't know, 140 games, he hit 17 home runs, had 66 runs scored. And a Toronto Blue Jays lineup that was, you know, has hitters. 
And he did not. He looked lost at the plate last year. And I can't see it getting any better. I don't care where he signs, if he signs, if he, you know, turns out to be, you know, the guy that wanders the, you know, the land with no destination in mind. But it won't be on my fantasy team where he winds up. My do not draft guy, and I've been pretty high on Reds guys this year, um, is their newest addition, uh, Jaime Candelario. Okay. Uh, he's going to play first base, it looks like, for him is the plan right now. Um, and he's in a good spot in the order to start the year. I just I don't believe in him. Last year, he did play as many games pretty much as he's played in a while. Um, 22 home runs, 70, 70 RBIs, 8 stolen bases. Um, he hit 251, which isn't that bad. Um, he had a 22% K rate, which again, isn't horrible compared to some other guys as well. But at the end of the day, I just, I think he's the guy that's going to suffer in Cincinnati, even though they got a good hitting ballpark. Uh, and even though it's, you know, there's, there's some positive things there of the reds that are draftable. He's the guy that I'm staying away from. I think, uh, ultimately in Cincinnati, uh, and, um, you know, cause they've got, 27 different guys that they could literally put at first base. They got Steer, they got uh, Christian, was his name, Strand. And, um, oh, yeah. He can play first Garcia. base. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if, if any of them struggles, they're going to have a replacement ready to put in the lineup. And so, yeah. uh, yeah, I like you, know, you mentioned him. I like Strand, uh, Christian and Encarnacion Strand. I like okay, him way better than I like Candelario. I think at the end of the day, he's going to get some more run. Now, that being said, Candelario might find time at DH with Jonathan India, who's currently slotted in there. But let's face it, Jonathan India is not the player he was just a couple years ago. No. Um, so, but, you know, Matt McLean, Spencer Steer. That's right. Um, They've got so many players. They can't play them all. Yeah. Tyler Stevenson can play first base. I mean, there's. Yeah, yeah. I just don't love Candelario there. Well, listen, we're running past time. Let's get to let's get to the the most okay. important business of the day, Kevin. Um, uh, you know your articles. Um, that's the reason we come here, Kevin, is to talk about you. Um, so <laughs> BellyUpFantasySports.com <laughs> is where they can find your articles. Of course, you're on Twitter at Kevin six two W I L S E A. Um, and uh, but tell them. I know last week you came out with the second base tiers. Um, after right. we talked about them here on the program, uh, what's right. ahead? What's ahead now for third base? Well, you know, since we're talking about third base, the uh, third base uh, tiers will be uh, ready, and they'll have uh, a little. They'll have a lot more stats in there for all you stat heads that are out there that just can't, just can't, you know, get enough, you know, stats with baseball because stats and baseball go hand in hand. But uh, anyway, so you can get over there to the, uh, uh, as you mentioned, the Bellet Fantasy uh, website. The uh, second base article that I posted this week on Reddit has over 10,000 views. Wow. And so uh, that's where that's what's happening over there. And uh, I, I, I get some uh, some very uh, nice comments, some guys, some comments that make you think a little bit. And so, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. We're out here. At least I am, you know, to help others and and and, and learn some things on my own and, and give some knowledge out there. And, and I'm hoping that it's helping someone, because that's what I'm, I'm I'm really wanting to do this for. Awesome. Um, so I've got hopefully an article coming out this week. I've been getting behind on on writing things. 
Um, but uh, not on baseball, though, on NASCAR. Uh, trying to get another entry into my Diaries of a Revived NASCAR fan. Talking about Daytona and Atlanta. Um, we'll talk about that as well on Wednesday night. I'll be joined by Chris Prince, who is the uh, NASCAR racing head at Belly Up Sports. Um, he's going to come on and join me. We'll talk about that. Me and Dad will be talking baseball, uh, a little bit of football here and there, some college basketball, some different things. That'll be live Wednesday night at uh, 8 p.m. approximately. Sometimes it goes a little later, depending on uh, when I get home. Uh, but then tomorrow night, I'll be joined by a freshman baseball player at EKU, Tate Nunley, who homered in his very first game as a collegiate player. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk to him <laughs> tomorrow. We're also talking to Turner Buttry from the basketball team, the EKU men. Uh, clinched the uh, regular season title for the ASUN Conference this week. And uh, so Turner will come on and talk about that as well. So back to regular schedule. This past week, all we did was the baseball show. Um, and then due to schedule conflicts, Monday and Wednesday just couldn't couldn't get there. Uh, but this week we're back, full schedule. Um, so you'll see us Monday night. You'll see us uh, as well on um, Wednesday night. And then, of course, next week, me and Kevin will be right back here to talk fantasy baseball. We're ranking shortstops next week as we draw ever so much closer to our draft on March the 17th, which will air live right here on Belly Up Sports YouTube, uh, as well as the Sports Stove YouTube and Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. Um, so it'll all be there for you as well. Uh, let's see here. BellyUpFantasySports.com. Go check it out. SeatGeek.com if you need tickets. Use the code BellyUpSports. And RighteousFelon.com if you're feeling a little snacky. That's where you got to go. Use the code STOVE15. Get 15% off your purchase. And don't forget the lemon pepper. And don't forget the lemon pepper. That's correct. Uh, they got That's beef right. sticks, lemon pepper beef sticks, That's as right. well oh, as they're, they're, as yeah, the they're very good, as is the taco ones. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, just throwing that plug in there. There you go. And, uh, and you can buy. Question... Go ahead. What's that? The only question that I have right now is what was your dad's reaction to where he was slotted? You know, our, it's funny. Um, he likes the spot. Ultimately, he likes that number. Um, he uh, We didn't talk a whole lot about who was around him. We talked a little bit about the guy that's going 10 who we don't really know. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Guardians fan, Indians fan. And, uh, and outside of that, we really don't know much about this guy. He's new to the league, new to the network, all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to figure that out a little bit. Um, I'm on the other side. But, you know, me and Dad haven't actually talked a whole lot this week. I have been incredibly busy. Um, and uh, so we didn't get a chance to chat about it a whole lot. But he does like nine. He's happy there. Or eight. Where's he at? He's at nine, right? Eight, I believe uh, is what it is. Eight. Okay. He's at eight. So he's he so likes that at, spot. You're at, no, you're at eight, right? I think I'm at eight and he's at nine. He's at nine. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Overall, he's he was happy. I think with that um, as well. So, um, but anyways, um, all right. Let's let these people go to bed. Uh, well, let's let me go to go to bed. So um, follow that's right. follow me on social media <laughs> at Sports Stove. Follow Kevin at Kevin six two W I L S E A and follow your heart right back here to the sports stove fantasy baseball show next sunday at 8 p.m thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the sports stove fantasy baseball show he's kevin wilson i'm vince stover until next time we'll see you around the sports stove have a great week